Hey everybody, this is Joel Pulliam, uh, and uh, this is another episode of my podcast, The Person 15. Again, if this is the first time y'all listening to this podcast, just give you a little back view, like um, the First and 15th is named after the First and 15th Amendment, so you have the First Amendment, it's the right to free speech, you know, podcasting, doing videos, to uh, protested, all these things, and then the 15th is the right to vote, and uh, obviously that speaks for itself, it's, you know, we're under, you know, black people. We're in danger when it comes to our voting rights in states like Florida and Georgia and Texas. So I want to put an emphasis on that, on your civic rights. So that's a little rundown of why I call it the 1st and 15th. And um, I thank you for listening. This episode, I usually have like, you know, specific topics I want to talk about. But I was just led to, I thought about it last night, about talking about the collective, right? Um... And this is kind of twofold. Obviously, the, the issues in our nation stems from, obviously, 400 years of systemic, you know, oppression. But it also comes as a nation not working as a collective, right? We don't, it sounds cliche, but we don't look out for one another. Um, it's the reason why uh, kids can be shot, you know, at a mall. Kids could be shot at school. Uh, people can be shot at a theater and we'll all be alarmed, but we'll move on the next week. You know, 19 kids die in Uvalde, kids die in Sandy Hook. We mourn and then we move on. And we can't even have the guts to actually uh, vote in terms of politicians or to even put pressure on politicians, right? We can't even collectively boycott a place. We can't even collectively withhold our money. Can't even collectively call up our, you know, representatives and say, okay, we're not voting, you know, we'll shut this thing down unless you give us what we want. And, like, I, I'm brought back to, to the summer of 2020 with George Floyd. We all remember that. But I think uh, it was just a lesson, a hard lesson to a lot of people who aren't well-versed or know a lot about the history of the United States or civil rights, how everybody was like, okay, you know, we're putting over black squares, we hashtags Black Lives Matter. Oh, I'm going to put my TikTok up. Oh, yeah, we're going to make some change. It's Our generation is going to be the first one. And as you see three years later, nothing's changed. It might have gotten worse. And I think that's the part that's kind of disheartening is that collectively we can't even do the small things as a nation. Like uh, I always say this, like and I'm probably not the first person to say this, so I'm not going to take credit. Like if we all lifted a little bit, we can move big things, you know? Like, it shouldn't be on one person or one group of people. Um, I'll look back to the Civil Rights Movement. It worked because it wasn't just black people. You had, you know, Jewish people. You had, like, white people. You had all types of people who came down south, and some died, you know, for our rights. But that was... That's the type of collective action it takes. And I just think, you know, we want these big things in society, but we're way too selfish right now. You know, and and whether it's subconsciously, whether it's just like a object, like I'm not going to work with these people, that, that has to change or we won't move any further. You know, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm in despair or anything like that, but my frustration um, probably every day is... Just that people aren't upset more. You know, I think, you know, I, I talked about this last um, episode. You can check that out. 
Um, just about the word maladjustment, right? Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King, he talks about being maladjusted towards the ills of society. It just means basically that you won't normalize the bad things. And I think we do that, you know, and as a Christian, uh, one thing we learned is that the enemy's biggest trick or one of his biggest tricks is just for you to normalize the evil in your life or the bad things he sends your way. And I feel like when it comes to politics or things like that, of that nature, we as society, we do the same thing. If those on the side of evil can just convince you, oh, this is a part of your normal life, they got you, right? If the reason Jim Crow ends, right, is that now people had always been fighting these injustices, so I'm not making it seem like that. But like people like Dr. King, you know, people like uh, Sarah Mae Fleming, y'all need to read up on her. Uh, who was one of the first, the first when it comes to, you know, the bus movement and the segregation of buses, uh, desegregation of buses. And then, you know, Diane Nash, you know, people like who are just tired and we're like, we're not accepting this. You know, we're maladjusted to the ills because what white people wanted you to believe was that it will always be that way. And it doesn't have to be that way. Especially of those of us with privilege, you know, I'm black, but there are black people who have it worse than me. You know, they're homeless. They're, you know, and white people definitely are privileged in terms of helping black people. And so we all have levels of privilege. And so it's on all of us to collectively join and, and, you know, to get things done. And I just think as long as we are happy, just like, oh, you know, this terrible tragedy happened, but hey, I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go to a restaurant. We're good. That just can't be what life's about. Or evil's going to win every time. They'll just wait it out and be like, well, they'll get tired of it. The only reason Donald Trump even thinks he can run, like he can run again next year, is because people just kind of let him back in. Now, 2020, all right, we're done. We washed our hands. But he's just creeping back because we let our foot off the pedal. And that's what the, the forces of evil count on you not sticking with it to the very end. I, I I live in Fairfax, Virginia, and, you know, working with the NAACP there. Uh, my mother also works with the NAACP. Um, we, we had a situation there, a tragedy, where a guy named Timothy Johnson, a um, 37-year-old black man, a father, a son, you know, he was, I think he stole a pair of sunglasses, and... The police shot him over a pair of sunglasses and and at first brought it to uh, a grand jury, right? But I guess according to, I don't know what preset or rule, the actual police, they were able, they were the only ones in there, not like the district, like prosecutor. So they were the ones giving, okay, this is what happened. You know, this is a... Uh, uh, these were the facts, and it was slanted, obviously, to protect the police officer. And so they declined to actually indict the police officer who shot Timothy Johnson. But obviously, thank God, we you know we kept having rallies. And his mother, she's a strong woman who just was steadfast and and believing that justice would would uh, happen for her son. Now we were able to get a second grand jury, and we'll see what happens. But again, I think if people hadn't resisted and kept resisting against what you know the police were doing they might have gotten away with it 
that that's like the George Floyd thing, like that whole situation, how we collectively were able to put pressure on them. It's not easy work, but you're going to have to do that many times over to rid this nation of these injustices. It can't just be one thing and we pat ourselves on the back. Collectively, we got to it's got to be a continuous thing. I'm not saying life is all bad and oh, you got to just, you know, it's just terrible. Don't have joy. No, have joy. We have to be joyful fighters, man. Every single day until the day we leave this earth, that's what we have to do. And, you know, speaking on collective, I'm just be honest, even within, you know, to black people within our community. And I don't necessarily like having these conversations because I don't want other people to take this and like, oh, use it against us. But I'm just speaking towards our community. I, collectively, we have to be together. You know, like we're all upset at what's happening but strategy has to be a point. I look back at the civil rights movement. I just feel like there's no reason these people had no resources compared to what we have now. There's just no reason that they were able to get things done. And in the last 50 years, we haven't had tangible legislation. It's going to take all of us being on one accord, of one mind, of being like, we're not stepping out and saying stuff that's crazy. We're not stepping out aside, you know, what... What's our purpose here? What we're trying to do? What the plan is? It has to be strategic. Even with boycotting, I don't go to Home Depot. And the reason I don't go to Home Depot is that their CEO, their owner, MAGA guy, donates to Republicans. I'm not putting money into the people who oppress me. That's insane to me. And so I would call right on this podcast, no black people. Shoot, no people who, who feel like they're on the side of good should go to Home Depot. So, yeah, I, I'm calling on everyone who's listening to this podcast not to go and to tell people you know not to go to Home Depot. We need to start doing things like that and hit people in their pockets. Like, I'm going to say something, even when it came to this debt ceiling. The reason why people like Kevin McCarthy, they were able to come to the table, guess who would have also hurt? If the stock market crashes... All those congressmen and women who have money in the stock market, they're getting hurt. That money talks. Like, King understood something with that Montgomery bus boycott. But the only reason it worked, it wasn't just, okay, Rosa Parks, yes, she's a huge part. But if it wasn't for the men and women who made it a collective effort to not use that bus, they, they took carpools, a lot of them walked. People, like, even ta black taxi uh, drivers, they gave a, them a discount so they could drive them to work for like way less than what they usually do, just in solidarity. That's solidarity, and we have to be serious. I know I'm serious. I know people around me who are serious. I'm tired of the way this, this country's working, and I'll do anything, and I'll go to any lengths, but that, we have this saying like, however far you want to take it, we'll take it. Obviously, non-violently, I'm not saying violence, because I believe in non-violence, but I'm saying like, However far they want to take it, you have to disrupt their way of life. But it does not work if it's just one of us. We have to agree that all of us. Now, if you want to live in a country to where we're oppressed, so be it. Okay? All right. I know I don't want that. And I know deep down inside, if you listen to this, you don't want it either. Now, I want you to think of this. Don't even think, even like, let's say me too. I, you hear people say, well, that could have been your mother, your, your sister. Don't even think of it. It's a that person's a somebody. We're all we're all brothers and sisters in here. 
that person is a person and that's why you should care. I don't care if I've never met this person or if I ever, they'll ever knew, know what I, what I did for them or, or that we fought for them. Who cares? We have to stop looking through the lens of like how it benefits the individual and that, okay, well, I don't know that person. Can I be honest? And how can you, how can we expect any other people to stand in solidarity with us when we don't even stand in solidarity with each other? That's the part that's frustrating. We have to look at it as a community. It's a collective. That is the only reason. Like, that's the only way it works. I honestly believe the only reason we're here on this earth is to help each other. It's not just like a self. You know, I'm not trying to get too deep, but it's not just a, a thing of where we fulfill only our own pleasures and wants and needs. But it's to serve everyone else. And that's the only way that's going to work. I'm tired of looking on the news and seeing people get shot at malls. I'm tired of seeing black men and women uh, uh, stopped by police and killed. I'm tired of it, of, of black people being at the bottom when it comes to, to, to things from the government, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to, to the wealth. The wealth gap is worse now than it was in the late 60s. I'm tired of it. And I'll do whatever it takes. Even for the listener, even if you don't like what I'm saying, we do it for you too. You know, I said it on the last podcast about the, uh, the Cyrus Belton murder in South Carolina and I'll say it now like um as a Christian we're taught to like we want our hearts to break for the same thing that breaks God's heart and so that has to be I think our thinking of there are things that should offend us all and there should be things that we just don't accept as a society as a people of like we can't collectively we have to agree this society doesn't work a society only works basically if we agree on ideals that oh murder is wrong and robbery is wrong and rape is wrong like they're lines and guardrails we don't cross society and it should be the same thing with these injustices a a, a, a gas store owner gas station owner killing a 14 year old should be wrong and it should be something we're all alarmed by if we all turn our attention I'm not saying bullying works, but we've seen on social media, we've gotten people fired. We've gotten people, you know, shoot, arrested. And a lot of times rightfully so because they were, they were acting crazy. Why can't we do that? Like when it comes to businesses, either that or we're afraid, but I don't think we're afraid. I just think we lose focus. So like if we're not going to do it now, I don't know when. This is a critical time in our history. These past few years from Trump to Black Lives Matter to all these things, they've all come to a head. And what the danger is, we think like, oh, the storm's passed when it could be headed right next to us when it comes to 2024, right to our faces. It is evil is always working. And I want everyone to understand that the forces of racism and bigotry and misogyny and xenophobia and homophobia and all these things, they're always working. And that, that spirit of, like, my dad always used to talk about because he's a pastor of slave mastery. That is what the theme of this country has always been. It has been the original sin when it comes to slavery. That is, the, we fought wars over race, all these things. And that it is always working. It's just taking different forms, whether it's Jefferson Davis, whether it's Thomas Jefferson, whether it's Bull Connor, whether it's Donald Trump. It doesn't matter. They will find a way to move to the next generation and it's up to us to keep up that same energy or no it's up to us to bring even more energy 
our goal has to be to, to destroy forms of oppression. Because here's the thing. We'll probably never be able to rid ourselves of it completely, but it's like anything in life. If you go for perfection, that's the only way you max out your potential, right? Uh, a Jordan or LeBron, they went for, I'm trying to be the perfect player. And while neither were ever the perfect player, them striving to be the perfect player made them the ultimate player. And that's what we have to be. We strive to rid ourselves of all of this because what they say, you know, you shoot for the stars, you land on the clouds. That's the only way. And so that has to be our goal is to get rid of all forms of oppression. And but we can only do it collectively. We have to, to be maladjusted every day like it's our children, like it's our brother, like it's our sister, our father, our mother. Because I'm telling you, I talked to to Timothy Johnson's mother and it hits home. When it's like it's your child, the look on her face it makes it very, it's surreal, like, oh, wow, this is someone who's lost somebody to police brutality. Now, you could say, well, it never happened to me, but you don't know that. So why, why, why leave caution to the wind? Why not try to, 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 to destroy the very things that are seeking to destroy you? So I just want everyone who's, who's listening to this podcast to know that I love you, that care about you, and that we're fighting for you. And that all we ask is that you fight for people you'll never meet and just dedicate your life to making everyone else's lives better. And I'll leave you with this one statement by Dr. King, and I've said it before. We're all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. And just remember... If you're passionate about this, the only thing it means is that you're still alive. God bless.